You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Welcome one, welcome all to this lovely Saturday afternoon. Hello, Sitok. Have we started? Yes. We have. Hello. You took me by surprise. I was welcoming, I was trying to change it up. Nice. Say something different. Very good. Which you like. I do. Yes. Yes. So tell me, tell me stuff (laughs) before we start. You're changing it all up. Dang. Mr. Structure and Mrs. Chaos. Mr. Structure and Mrs. Chaos. We make a great couple. We do. Like the Joker (laughs) and Harley Quinn. (laughs) You know, I was going to put us out there. (laughs) Before the after the show discussion was just random discussion of things. And you're reading stuff about this movie and the director of photography or the cinematographer. Same thing, I guess. Etc. But I'm thinking about... Harley Quinn, if I had seen her, if this had existed back in my 20s or teens, she probably would have fit into that group of fictional women that I wanted to grow up to be. And some of the others would be Margaret, Major Margaret Houlihan from MASH, Alice from the Brady Bunch. I thought you was going to say Margaret Thatcher. No, 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 no. These are (laughs) fictional people. I think, (laughs) was Margaret Thatcher fictional? She was not. So, Major... Margaret Houlihan, Alice from Brady Bunch, because like she didn't have to deal these work her even her kids or anything. She could just do whatever she wanted. She just had to bake and cook and clean. No big deal. Um, there were a few others, but Harley Quinn from this particular movie would have probably fell into that category. So you like psychopathic women? <laughs> Margaret Houlihan is not psychopathic, and Alice is totally not psychopathic. <laughs> Did you like the bewitched woman as well? Yes, I loved Samantha, although I totally disagree with her. If we had to have a discussion with the character, I would say, are you kidding me? You can do magic and you want to be a normal housewife? I mean, seriously, that was always a problem for me. But as far as her powers went, yeah. Right. So There are others, but, you know, they're all fictional. So that's how my personality was built on fictional television, mostly. Uh (laughs) So there's a little insight into the yeah. mind of Sid Talk. Into the crazy mind of my mind. So it's Saturday, May the 18th. This is after the show 634. We're a movie review podcast. We're about to review a movie for you. The movie is, it's full title and it's real title, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. It's a mouthful, yes, but it's its proper title. Yeah, and you like it. So um, it's 2020 released movie it actually released just before everything went crazy in the world (laughs) and it's released on blu-ray finally next week um you can get it on digital now but it'll be on blu-ray you know next week it's from warner and dc who sent us a copy for review it's definitely rated r this one right it's not for the kiddies sure 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 uh, sure 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 sure. sid talk will give you the synopsis and then i'll give you the real synopsis um it's, Not to make your synopsis sound terrible. But. It's the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. That's my synopsis. All right. <laughs> she breaks free from the idea that she only exists and is important because she has a quote-unquote master or someone in charge of her to be sort of the sidekick, right? This yes. is her having moments of clarity when she's like, wait a minute, I don't need them. Now, she doesn't do it in the greatest of ways, but anyway, that's exa- it sums up the whole movie. So I'll tell you what the back of the cover says. It says, this, is, this one's trying to be clever. Okay. It says, you ever hear the one about the cop, the songbird, the psycho, and the... Are you having what? trouble there, reading? <laughs> okay. Oh, and the mafia princess. Okay. This twisted tale is told by Harley Quinn herself, as only Harley can tell it. When Gotham's most notoriously... Narcissistic villain Ronan 
or Roman synonymous. You're, you're struggling with the reading of uh, this box. You know why? I will. It is. It's a really cool box, by the way. It's blue glitter. The whole cover is made out of blue glitter. So it's hard to read. And the white writing on top of glitter. So imagine that. So imagine. Or why. are you old? Well, I'll pass it to you and then you can read it. I cannot. I admit that I'm old. <laughs> I have $5 reading glasses on 24 hours a day. So no, I couldn't read it unless I get my camera like I've been doing with packaging and whatnot and holding it up to take a picture and zooming in. All That's right. how I read it. I will continue. Rome, Roman Sinonis, Black Mask, and his zealous right hand, Zaz, put a target on a young girl named Cass. The city is turned upside down looking for her. While on the trail, Harley clashes with the birds of prey, but the unlikely foursome may have to team up to take Roman down. That is the uh, synopsis from the box. I mean, that's the story that gets to the point of the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yes. So, um, I didn't know what to expect from this. Did we see the trailer? Yeah. Probably. At some, maybe. Maybe before another DC movie on, on the Blu-ray. Um, so, I didn't... I mean, I'm one of the rare people who liked Suicide Squad. Because when I go and like look around to see what people thought of Suicide Squad, it was generally disliked. Did, what about you? Did you like it? Um, I remember it being fine. It's kind of like cheeky, ultra-violent, right? Yeah. Well, there's a few weaknesses there with some characters that were like, what's the point of that person? So I, I remember being diverted from the fun factor by some stupid things. Whereas in this one, I was not. I'm all in. I'll just say it right now. I really... Really enjoyed this movie. End of review. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Birds of Prey, it's, you know, it, conti- it is a sequel to Suicide Squad. I mean, it kind of is. It's only because that introduced Yeah, her. it does reference it, the movie a couple of times, actually. Does it? Yeah, the, there's, the ta- there's the beginning part where, where you see the, the Joker bit, where she's remembering it. A little bit. Really- yeah, that is referencing Suicide Squad. And also, you know when they're looking through her stuff and she picks up the Daddy's Little Girl t-shirt mm-hmm. and she says, oh, I'm keeping that. That's the one she wears throughout Suicide Squad. Also, she's in the place where they did live, she said. Yeah, so. that's uh, the Joker's house on the, you know. You've all, you all know the Joker's house if you've read the comics. Because uh, he lives in a, what do you call it, a funfair? A, a Amusement park. Yeah, he lives in like the Hall of Mirrors type place, like the weird clown mouth front door <laughs> yeah but that makes an appearance you know there are there is no joker in this movie it's not a joker movie it's harley quinn movie and i would go as far to say it's harley quinn movie before birds of prey right i mean the birds of prey are in this but it's brief and um you mean at once they come together because you're kind of getting all their little origin stories yeah but only a little bit right i mean it's not yeah. it doesn't really go into them fully like i mean it does but very quickly usually via voiceover from harley but um it's primarily her thing and i like the action sequences in this movie i thought they were all really like clever like yeah i love the fight scenes see that's the thing i usually don't get off on fight scenes because they're super boring and they're all the same i have a few movie franchises or a few singular set pieces as they call them that if i'm paying attention i'm like whoa whoa that's cool well and this this is interesting because you um don't really like fight scenes that go on and on and on no but you really love john wick true (laughs) and and basically that's just a long extended and another sequence another uh you know one of those is transporter yeah you love (laughs) yeah you like that too and 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 born yeah, those are just long, you know, John Wick especially is literally like an action sequence. It's barely... It's like an excuse to have fight scenes. Yeah, and, you know, the people who, the choreography type people who do their fighting did the fighting in this. And you said, oh, I can tell. Like it's Yep. So it's it's kind of, it's interesting because Harley Quinn is what? She's terrible, right? She's a... She's horrible. 
psychopathic murdering there's no excuse for her behavior under any circumstance no so she's so. not somebody to aspire to like you were talking about um you can aspire to be how she is as in you know what like screw the rules and screw everybody for telling me this that or the other or deciding how i have to be now you can subtract all the murdery part and take the <laughs> take the other part about her just being who she is but then you could argue, is she really that? Or did she put on the whole Harley Quinn after she jumped in the vat of stuff for the Joker just for him? So is yeah. this really her? We don't know. No. So they try and do you think they try and soften her in this movie? Like, A little bit, yep. I do too. Because in the other movie, Suicide Squad, she was just nuts. She was killing people. She was because she was part of that team that were just all these criminals going in to do this suicide mission kind of thing. And she was just nuts. There wasn't any... Um, I mean, she killed a lot of people in this movie. She did kill a lot of people in this? But when she went to the police station, she didn't shoot them. She shoot them with, um, like... Bean bags. Bean bags and paintball. Like, what... It looks like stuff you'd shoot at a big party up into the <laughs> air, you yes. know what I mean? Or at a wall to make big paint splats, but she's shooting these canisters at the cops. So we have to say, oh, see, she's not killing the police. But well, then she does she's kill all the criminals. All, yeah, when she's when she's locked in the cell room with the water yeah, exactly. and the criminals. So yeah, she's a, still a murderer. She's a murderer. You can't get away from that. But somehow, oh, she, she the guy with the dog, the yeah. hyena. We got that. She was kind of messed up there. Somehow you just like her though, right? <laughs> That's the thing about the. These are called antiheroes. Everyone doesn't know about that. Uh, <laughs> it's a person that. You don't just, like when a super villain comes along who has no redeeming qualities. That's just your straight up villain or, you know, You mean bad as guy. in Ewan McGregor in this movie? Yeah, because I found nothing, nothing. redeeming about him. No. He was pretty two-dimensional, but still, nothing about him. So you can just hate him and be like, I want bad things to happen to him. Whereas you're bringing into your hero role, because that's how you're writing the story, sort of. She's the focus, right? She's bad. But you are identifying with her emotions and with her slimly explained motivations. So she's the hero, right? Because we have a worse villain over there that she's going to need to combat for the greater good of her little group. But she's still terrible. So she's an anti-hero. You have to hate her for some of her choices and love her for being human. And it's a lot of, this movie's a lot of um, men are really awful and the women are going to overcome. I don't actually get that vibe. I tried. I was digging mm. like, mm, I don't really get that. I see where people might get that, but it's not preached at you. I think if you were a man, you might feel it. Now, when they sing, play the song, this is a man's world, a couple of different times <laughs> while she's kicking the shit out of people. Then, yeah, you could be like, look at these dudes. But then I didn't feel it was a hater movie. There are other movies that are man-hating, like the one where, um, well, Peppermint was kind of one. Was Atomic Blonde one? I didn't feel like Atomic Blonde was, but the other one where the woman trained, we just talked about it last week. Oh, the, the one with Olivia Wilde. Correct. Vig a Vigilante. Yes, that yeah. was a definite man-hater um, vibe, but, I mean, it's it was the focus of her character and whatever. So it didn't really bother me, but this one I didn't get that. No, but there was. If you like to watch a lot of men get assaulted, there's a lot of men. Yeah, but what if it was men beat? What if it's Bond beating the crap out of men? Does that become a man hating movie? I guess not. Does Bond ever beat up women? Uh, he's punched a few over the years. <laughs> I don't think the new Bond would have the nerve <laughs> you don't as the puppet of the writers and having to live in a world uh, where that would. But in this one, women get punched because. They're punching back, so. Yeah. I'm not an advocate of any of this violence. This is fictional. We're not violent people, but in a fictional setting, it doesn't rub off on us. No. <laughs> I don't turn around and go, hey, and like give you a kick to the head. <laughs> well, hopefully. Not that I could get my leg up that. <laughs> These ladies do some kicking. Yeah, there's a, I, I really enjoyed the action sequences because they were, this movie just looks great, like, and I was talking the. The cinematographer is Matthew Libertique, who we've seen many times. He's a, kind of a cool character. We've seen him on different sets. 
And I think you you agree. This movie looks amazing. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like this... I don't know what camera they used or whatever, but there's something about it where it's like so sharp. But it's not polished and like glossy. It's kind of rough and rugged, but not... It's not like film grain or anything like that. No, it's just... It's, it's, it's really, like you said, it's sharp. So when you're looking at these characters, they have like the sweat on their cheeks and you can see the little bits of makeup on their faces and there's it's never glossy no you know? i don't know only, how else to describe it it's not it's probably filtered but not in a way that makes everybody look hollywoody you know it's, it's kind of grungy yeah it's very sharp image but then every single scene is lit really interestingly like it's is neon stuff it's there's a lot of rainbow colors going on because of harley quinn like you know, when she goes into the police station and she's shooting yeah. the glitter balls and there's colored smoke going off. It's just like this amazing looking thing. And then she does this fight with all these prisoners in a room where the sprinklers have come on. And it's, <laughs> yeah, that was good. And the water's like, it's that one of those high frame rate cameras. So you can see all the water. I mean, it's not something you've not seen before. You've seen it in other action movies, but it's done with like a really good style. I liked it. And there's a big fight in the fun house. Which is interesting. I mean, I did get the feeling of, oh, this is like a fight in a funhouse because a fight in a funhouse would be fun to look at. Yeah, I, I agree. got that feeling out of it because it was very contained. But it is fun to look at. They're bouncing off things. Harley's wearing a roller skates. Yeah, and- I love that they make fun of themselves. When mm-hmm. did she have time for a shoe change? Yeah, they make fun. They do make fun out of. Um, like some of the silly comic booky stuff. And, you know, the heart of this, you know, the plot of the thing, I don't want to spoil it really, because I think it's really fun to watch and letting it unfold. It's not like super deep or anything, but I liked it. No, I was, that's what I was about to say. The plot is pretty um, average, mm-hmm. but the characters are interesting enough to make me not care about that. And that's a weird thing to say, because like, is aren't movies about plot mainly? Don't you come to a movie for a good story and a good, you know, like ending and a good wrap up and mm. you feel satisfied? But I did feel satisfied at the end of this. There's enough going on and enough cool visuals and there is a lot of music. Do you agree that there's a lot of music? Like, I didn't feel that, but you said people complained. I didn't really think of it i mean there's a lot of pop songs that just happen like but then again thinking of another movie atomic blonde there's a pop song in every action sequence isn't there so i'm not sure what their problem is no um i i don't agree i read a a bunch of things where it said they hated that there was pop songs every two minutes like it just it just put put them out of it and it took away any of this like serious Hmm. violent tone of it or whatever but um, I don't think it was going I mean, for a serious... I that's kind of the idea. Yeah, you... Hmm. This was... If you've watched Joker, which we've reviewed, Joker was a very serious um, like look at somebody's... Like a drama, basically, but with a comic book wrapping around it. This movie is a comic book. <laughs> it's not trying to be anything else. It's kind of silly. It's full of humor, right? It was actually funny. This, what yeah. about a sandwich? The whole thing with a sandwich. Yes, because that immediately made me identify with her a hundred percent. Like, like what she goes to get this sandwich, and this the way they film the sandwich is like she's oh my in God. love with it. I was I, even me. I was like, I want that sandwich. Ex- and we're vegetarian. It had bacon on it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, for this situation. But it's like that base instinct of Harley Quinn's is psychopathic. You know, all kinds of shit going on in her head. But when she sees this sandwich, it's like, <sighs> there's nothing else. It's just that. <laughs> and then she gets really mad that people are like making Something it Something very wrong. Point. Yep. Yeah. Can't, I can't eat my sandwich. Urgh. Like, So there is a lot of humor. I think it's quite funny a lot of the time. Like, even when they're doing that, there's a chase where she's on roller skates. There's a lot of like funny moments in that. You know, when she like passes the grenade to a friend in the car. Mm-hmm. While that is horrible... And you see, like, yeah. body parts and stuff. It's like, no, because it's like, it's the thing out of a comic book. It's like when the Joker, like, throws a stick of dynamite at somebody. Like, it's... It's the same, yeah. It's it's a punchline of sorts, but it's not, you know, it might be super violent, but it's actually 
we're in a comic book. It's silly. Like, it's a heightened universe. It's not real world. Whereas and I Joker, would not blow. I would not throw an explosive device into someone's car. No. <laughs> and Joker was going for a different... Like, no, this is comic book people in the real world. This is how that would work. This is the opposite of that. The real world's in here, but it doesn't feel exactly like what we're used to. So, um, were you uh, happy? Well, before we go on to the people, were you happy with the whole overall yeah. scenario? <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. I mean, movie? I don't have... When I really, really enjoy a movie, I don't get all nerdy out yeah. about it and every little detail. I just say it's really good. I had a great time. I didn't expect to. So I can add that in there. What 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 was your what was you because you often have a preconceived. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And <laughs> often we often you'll say oh yeah well like that and I'll be like oh great great she's gonna hate it but yeah sometimes I do but I don't know why I have no idea I just was like mm. but then I got into it pretty quickly and I was I was totally into it I loved it. It was just fun and kind of, because it's wacky. It's pretty wild. It doesn't veer away from, it doesn't just change its mind. It's not half funny or three quarters funny and then 2%, 10% horrible mixed with a weak threat. Like, I'm not convinced that this Roman, Romy guy is like a super threat He's just a jerk. Obviously, he we've seen him do terrible things. But because he's kind of wacky as well, I was like, okay, good combination. I don't feel like he's a super threat to the whole world or anything, or even to the city, and now he's kind of a goofball. And, of course, if we ever see him meet uh, his just ends, that'll work, right? Where you have other movies that are like, they get the comedy stuck in there when they're also trying to be super gritty and horrible, and it doesn't... I think that's what Suicide Squad f- failed from a little bit. Like, I liked it, but I think that's why people didn't like it. Mm. Had, when we first introduced to Harley Quinn, for instance, in Suicide Squad, when she's locked in the cage in the prison, and she's like, hey, boys, to the... And it's it kind of feels, oh, this is kind of silly. And then she beats a lot of people up, and then it's not silly for a while. And it's like, oh, hold on. Like, I think that was what confused people. This just commits to, like, we're a comic book. The entire time, right? Like, but at the same time, it plugs in enough of those moments where Margot Robbie, if we're going to move on to the performance in a minute. Does, well, let's move on to the performance. Okay. Margot Robbie so she, Harley Quinn. There are moments when Harley Quinn has like epiphanies or like a thing just really occurs to her. And that's like real life. Sometimes you're talking to a person or you're in a situation that has sucked for some time and all of a sudden... right? The bell rings, the switch flicks, and you're just like, whoa, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to find a way to get out of this bullshit situation. She had those looks on her face two or three different times. So that pulled it into like the real person element. And then she has her little vulnerable thing. Like you said, she just kind of wants people to love her a little bit. She wants to be. Can't really tell. No, like there's something. This is the part that I loved about her. But it never puts her at threat, yeah, which is what one, I like. Like there's one like sinew in her, like tight, that wants to be normal. She wants to be a girl. She wants to like dress up, and she wants friends who like she can just hang with. But everything else in inside her, like ninety eight percent of her, rest <laughs> of her, that that's never going to happen. Like, but there are just moments in this movie where she's like, "This is like hanging out with the girls." She says, "Like my question to- is." Did that happen to her because she jumped in that vat of stuff? Because they've made that canonical. Or was it canonical. just the time that she spent with the Joker just made her... Because he, he did horrific things in front of her. Right, but she pledged herself to him by jumping in the vat of chemicals. Did. So did the chemicals do something to her? I don't even remember. In the comics, the chemicals were what caused her to go over the edge and not be sane anymore. Okay. That's it? Yeah. Okay. So... And she didn't get superpowers because she's not strong or mm-hmm. anything like that. That's she's, what I'm saying. Like, what's the what's the deal with that? She's just unhinged, like <laughs> fully. Because she went from one end to the other because she was a psychiatrist, and then she's like a lunatic. So yeah, there's moments in this where those are moments I liked where I could see like there was just a there's just a person like a regular person just there, but that regular person's never going to get a chance, never. Because 
you know, the scene where they go shopping in the supermarket. And they're just shopping yep. in the supermarket. And it's just normal. And they're putting stuff in the basket. She's like, we're not shopping. <laughs> exactly. That's, we're robbing. <laughs> that's the moment where, like, normal life, uh, which she would kind of like, just disappears. Because, no, we're just robbing instead. So, But she does say twice, I'm a very terrible person. Yeah. She's very aware of herself, which I also like. Yeah, so Margot Robbie plays it well. I liked, I love her. I like the Harley Quinn outfits they do. I like the, I like that she has like the the Harley like it's like a Chanel top but with Harley Quinn written on it instead of Chanel. I like that because like how does that come about? Did yeah. she make that herself or <laughs> did she get a designer to make it? Like you know, thinking about that in universe, where did that come from? Like <laughs> in universe, I gotcha. Yeah, that that outfit she's wearing. The, yeah, you know, she's real fashionable kind of, but she's also. It's just a bit nutty to look at. Like sometimes you like, uh, you know, I bet there's a lot of um, birds of prey uh, Halloween costumes this year. Uh, there's actual hair color spray that's branded with the movie images. Yep. Wow. That's a good tie in. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Margot Robbie, she, she really gets into it. And you could tell from the first frame, you're like, oh, yeah, she's she's not holding back. She's. She's got it. Like, she knows what it is. I did think that in Suicide Squad, though. She was mm-hmm. the best thing about Suicide Squad. It wasn't Will Smith that was the best thing about Suicide Squad, right? Or any of those other weird characters Do that were, like... Do you even remember that Will Smith was in it? Uh, I, mm, I remember he was in Focus. Yeah, he was with... with Margot her. Robbie. Yes. <laughs> but you didn't remember the name of it. That was a before the after the show discussion when I couldn't remember the name of that movie. And I made up several names that were incorrect. And I don't even remember what that meant. was. It was he like a pickpocket or a? He was a magician. Con- he was like a David Blaine, but a thief. Was he? Yeah. Was he not like a confidence trickster kind of guy? I don't know. I don't think he was a magician at all. Was he? I thought he was just like yeah. A, that's what I mean. Like pulling focus. He does like tricks right. and stuff. Yeah, it was. I don't. I can't remember it. I remember <laughs> him kissing her. That's all I remember. Mm. They were like stood in like the hallway of like some switchy hotel just outside and he kissed her and that's the that's the entire movie for me oh interesting (laughs) that's enough so it must have been great i think that's enough oh we've got rosie perez in here as renee montoya i like how they how they make fun of like oh she's a cop and like you know they she makes fun of things with her voiceover like about a cop a cop's not really a cop until they just like hand in the resignation or whatever. Right. In, like in, in every story, yeah. they don't really get to do their real work until they resign and hand in their badge. And so, that's what she does. So they make fun of all those tropey things that you've seen. What did you think of Rosie Perez? She was all right. I mean, I'm not a huge. I mean, I only remember her from like White Men Can't Jump. And what was the other one you were talking about? I, I forget. I've never seen The Hood. Oh, yeah, she was in Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing. Mm. That was um, the first movie. Yeah, I've never seen that one. So to me, she's just, she was fine, but I didn't really remember much about her. I never watched SUV, which or SVU. <laughs> you S- know, yeah. Special Victims Unit of CSI. She was in that. Yeah, you don't see them in much. That, so She was good, though. Yeah. I liked her. I was convinced and... She was, you know, they made her, they tried to make her semi-complex with a drinking problem and ex-girlfriend and all that stuff. And yeah, that was fine. It's a bit like sledgehammerish, though, isn't it? It's yeah. not very subtle at all. Like it's true. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the huntress who I've really loved since. What did I love her in? Fargo. Uh, I did love her in that, but there's something before that. I forget. It was Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh. That was the first time I'd seen her in anything. But okay. Then she happened to be in Fargo with Mr. Ewan McGregor, which was an excellent season. Um, Fargo, the TV show. The TV show, yes. Um, what do you think of her as the Huntress? I mean, she was all right. They're trying to make her a little extra cheeky when, in fact, she's like this, well, you know, assassin person. And she had a bit of that attitude, like, uh, okay. I really like say something to her, but I like her. I just wasn't sure about her character. It didn't seem I like the attitude of um my origin story thing mm-hmm. is actually complete. 
So I'll just go now, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. I like, that. <laughs> like I've done my stuff. I was on revenge mode, and I'm done with my revenge. This so thing I'm you're out. doing, it doesn't. It's nothing to do with me. Can I just leave? Like, I like <laughs> that that they were doing that with her. But yeah, she's part of the birds of prey, and um, you know, it's it's a big uh, murdery girl gang, I guess, right? Murdery girl gang. <laughs> um, Janae Smollett Bell plays the Black Canary. And she kind of, she goes from, you know, she's on she's on both sides. She gets to play scenes We know with, she's good all the way through, though. I mean, she Yeah, but she plays good. scenes with the bad guys and yeah. scenes with the good guys. And, uh, are they the good guys? Scenes with the bad guys and scenes with the less bad guys. <laughs> Is there any good guys in this? Probably not, right? Uh, Rosie Perez, probably. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Black Canary Lady? She was good. I liked her. Do you like these characters like Black Canary, the Huntress... Do you think they stand up to Harley Quinn, or do you think she completely, like, takes center stage? And Yeah, they do not stand up in terms of, like, personality memorable traits. As yeah. Not, yeah. I, 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 but collectively, to me, it makes sense. Because you have different personality types in groups of friends, or in groups, you know, whatever. And it kind of made sense to me. And Black Canary actually has superpowers. That we you know, not, yeah. There's a lot of non-superpower people in this, but... She actually, remember, if you've read the comics, there's a superpower in her. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays Roman Sinonis. I'm a big fan of Ewan McGregor, but as we were discussing before the show, neither of us like his American accent that nope. he does. It's unnecessary. Hollywood, yeah. let yeah. him just be Scottish. I mean, I just get... I almost... I've got to the point now where that's almost how I think he talks, because I've heard him so much talking like that. So then when I go and watch Train Spot, and I'm like, no, that's how he talks. You know? No, I don't think he's Because they don't really let him talk in his own accent in anything, <laughs> do they? No, it's weird. Are people just too dumb to understand? I mean, yes, you and I watch a lot of British television or English, uh, you, United Kingdom television, right? So we get shows and accents from all of the United Kingdom. Sometimes yes. I struggle. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what the hell is that person from... South London even saying, I cannot understand it. But then I'm like, I'll figure it out, or you'll tell me. Yeah. It does not deter me from enjoying the the show or the movie. I do not understand that, like, well, we can't do this in America because people don't understand what they're saying. It's like, how dumb is everybody? I mean, we're all speaking the same language. <laughs> I mean, well. that's, like, <laughs> that's like saying, like, uh, for English audiences, like, people with a real southern accent in America... We'll just make it so they just sound, like, generic instead. Um, if you've noticed mm. on some TV shows, like I, reality shows, they will put subtitles. Yes, they do. For even American people with really thick accents. Yeah, and that's for the American audience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's really It's just fun. dumb on top of dumb, I guess. Yeah. I don't so, know. So, aside from Ewan McGregor's accent, he, I feel that he did what? Margot Robbie did and just get, went, oh, fuck it. This guy's kind of nutty. Yeah, I'm all in. And it's funny. It's kind of funny and it's a bit like pathetic because he is kind of pathetic, his buddy, I think. Exactly. Because he's, he's like a little boy. Like there's times where he's like, but that's my thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and it's like, oh, God, you whiny little bastard. Like, <laughs> but he is, he's got enough people scared of him. To kind of be intimidating a little bit. Because he's horrible. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a, that scene where he gets the woman on the table, that felt a little bit out of place to the rest of the stuff that was happening to me. I uh, mean, yeah. I know it was to show he was... What that should have been before the horrible murdery scene. Because yes. then you get like, oh, this guy. Like, like an unraveling it, of him. Yes. Yeah. And then kind of escalate his depravity up, yeah. up, up. But he... That scene where he gets her on the table, I was like... But once you've seen him do the murdery, horrible thing, then you fear for that woman, and you're like, uh... That's but what it, I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, it didn't feel as threatening. But it's a very comic booky villain. It's kind of... It's almost... Yeah. It's almost mustache-twirling kind of silly. It's like... But I get it, because they do explain briefly, like... We, we went and just looked at the whole history of the Black... Uh, 
Well, in the movie, you shouldn't read the history. In the movie, he's been disowned by his family. And their family's very rich and powerful in Gotham City. And that's it. That's his whole backstory. You don't get... That's it. That's it. If you were watching the movie, that's all all you you should have. have. So what you're about to say, if you're going to say it, is irrelevant because it's not in the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a a huge story to him in the comics, obviously. But it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant to this movie. But um, it ties into all kinds of things like Batman and... You know, the Joker and all all kinds of stuff. But in this movie, you can only take him as he's a guy. He's been rejected by his family. He's really murdery. Very murdery. Like, so, you you know, you definitely don't fuck with him, even though he, seem, he might seem harmless on the outside. Kind he's of like, flaccid. Yeah, and he's like, hangs around a nightclub and people like kind of in awe of him and he's a bit of an entity. Well, he owns the nightclub. Yeah, but I mean, he's like, it's like a, he's like a personality that people are like oh that yeah. guy is cool like but me personally i would be like that guy is fucking weird <laughs> he wears gloves all the time which i said would be like ugh yeah hang around that guy yeah and he's not like he's not wearing gloves for any reason yeah. as far as i can tell apart from to be weird yeah we didn't say i thought maybe they're gonna say he's like a super germaphobe or something really kind of like wimpy about him like I, he doesn't want to touch people or something but they never said anything like that so so yeah, he's Roman and he t- you know he's the Black Mask if you're in, if you know the DC characters. But don't come in here thinking, oh, I'm going to get the Black Mask and it'll be an awesome story because I don't think his story is particularly awesome. I agree. It's pretty basic. Um, he's an end to, ends to a means by yeah. getting Harley Quinn her moment of glory. But I did enjoy him. I do enjoy Ewan McGregor. I think he's. There's something fun about his performances. I really liked him in Doctor Sleep, to be honest. I thought he was good in that. Did you? Um, it was alright. Um, might just be because I love The Shining, and it was my kind of my movie. Hmm. But I think he did a good job. And then finally, Ella J. Basco plays Cassandra Kane. She's a. She was really good. Yeah, like a young pickpocket slash thief. Criminal child. Gets involved in this thing. And, you know, it kind of... She's doing her thing and then gets involved in this thing. And then, you know, Harley has to interact with a child. And Harley doesn't have, like, a child filter. She just acts the same, right? Which I love. Yeah. She's like, I don't care if you're a child. Yeah, she doesn't care about her (laughs) ultimately because she's a child. It's just, I don't... You can't even tell why she ends up caring. No. Is because it a mothering instinct? Is it No, let's not no, put it down. I wouldn't to that. think it was, but that seems kind of cheap. But she trusts like the one dude and then the movie, he kind of betrays her and that really crushes her. So you'd think at this point she's giving up, but for some reason she she's just that person who wants somebody to she was so in love with the idea of that one old man caring about her. Right? She just put her whole self into it. Like, she totally let her guard down. She loved him for it. And that didn't work out very good. So with this, I think it's just in her personality, she's never going to stop wanting to, like, be cared about or needed, maybe? I don't know. So this is directed by Kathy Yan. And she. this is only a second movie she's ever made. She made a movie before this called Dead Pigs. And Dead Pigs, let me tell you, I'll give you the synopsis. Is it vegan? I'll give you the synopsis of Dead Pigs. Okay. It says a bumbling pig farmer, a feisty salon owner, a sensitive busboy, and an expat architect, and a dischanted rich girl converge and collide as thousands of dead pigs float down a river towards a rapidly modernized Shanghai. Dang, that sounds complex. (laughs) So that's the. The, it's a Chinese movie. That's the other movie that she's done. So, okay. So, what did you think of a direction of this movie? Oh, that was really good. good. I mean, I don't really have any complaints about the making of this movie. No, I don't either. And it's, it's. I'm all in. It's well put together. It looks good. It's the action sequences are well handled. Yeah. And the I think and I've seen we've seen just seen a review of this movie after after we watched it where they were saying the characterization wasn't that good, or I actually thought it was. Maybe the Birds of Prey themselves are not. This movie is primarily called Birds of Prey, I guess. It's the first line that you read. If you're coming in like for this, 
you know, team up like Justice League. It's not really that, is it? It's just one scene of them fighting. True. Was that one of the complaints? That was one of the complaints that people mm. were like, I, I wanted a Birds of Prey movie, but it was just a little bit of Birds of Prey and mostly Harley Quinn. But maybe that's why they changed the title of it. Mm. I don't know. So, um, to cater to the snotty people who can't cope with things not being exactly precisely the way they want them to be. Yeah. Because people cling to, like, the comics and stuff, don't they? Yeah. Entitled mentality. And I haven't read a Birds of Prey comic. I'm very familiar with Harley Quinn, but I was quite happy with what was going on. You know? Mm -hmm. I was introduced to some cool new characters. And uh, there'll possibly be more of it. And Well, there is. There's a new movie coming. Um, Gotham City Sirens is the next one. So we'll see Harley Quinn again, for sure. Uh, Also, stay till after the credits... There isn't an end credit scene, but there's a very funny thing on the end of the credits. It's worth staying around for. All right. Um, what if you the, insist. What are the IMDb reviews? Those are reviews that you find on IMDb. Do you need further explanation? Yes. Uh, they are, for these purposes, you find the one-star reviews. And then if you disagree with them, you make fun of them. And if you agree with them, you don't. So these are people who hate this movie. And I am a person who loves this movie, so let's see what these people think. So you're going to think that. <laughs> like I said. So the first person says, What the hell did I just sit through? I cannot believe that this film was made, let alone the studio thought that it would make some money. It makes that Batwoman TV show look good, and I didn't think that was possible. Okay. This person likes to have a dig at the Batwoman TV show. <laughs> What else we got? I actually like the actors. No hate here. But this movie is impossible to sit through. There's not one good thing about it. There isn't one scene that is worth watching. At all. What functioning industry would produce something like this? I cannot comprehend. What are they even saying? I cannot comprehend. (laughs) I can't comprehend this person. Okay. This person says, The acting was good, and all of the actors gave it their all. But the filmmaking was so ugly. It gave me a headache just looking at it. Listen to this voice. Who was the cinematographer? You should fire him. (laughs) Also, the dialogue was cringeworthy. It wanted to sound and look edgy, but ended up being a complete mess. I feel sorry for the fan base. Okay. Thank you for your input. We don't care. This person says... There's a car chase in this movie that's about at about 25 miles an hour. There's a fight in a bouncy castle with a baseball bat. There's a disjointed narrative. Ewan McGregor is about as intimidating as cornflakes. It's mercifully short. I can't disagree that he's not terribly intimidating. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't find him that... Scary, I just think that a person who's unhinged, as we have discussed, is a compelling bad villain. I mean, good villain. But he didn't ever feel that unhinged to me. Oh. I mean, I don't know. He's not, like, wacky. Other than his little bit of, like, flamboyance, maybe. Yeah. I I I disagree with that person, but I understand. Why did they watch it, then? And finally, this person says, if you want to watch a really bad movie, I recommend this movie. (laughs) That's it. Right on. All right, so uh, the Blu-ray itself does come with the Blu-ray, the DVD, the digital copy. And there are a bunch of extras, actually, quite a lot. There's a gag reel, Birds of Prey, Birds of a Feather, How the Birds Came to Life, Sanity is So Last Season, Diving Into All Things Fashion, Wild Nerds Meet Bruce the Hyena, the hyena CGI wasn't superb. I didn't think. Agree. Did you? I agree. There's grime and crime getting to the grit of the production design. There's Romanesque, who is the black mask. And there's a love-skate relationship. I see what they did there. Yeah. There's also a bird's eye view mode. You can re-watch the film with Harley-sized looks, fun facts, and Easter eggs superimposed over the movie. No, thank you. It's all viewed in a bird's-centric style. You know I'll probably watch that. You will watch them all. That Um, is your thing. But there is no director commentary, but maybe that bird's-eye-view mode will make up for that. So there are a lot of extras. 
like I say, it looks and it looks amazing. Sounds amazing. It's a it's a really good fun afternoon at the movies. I agree. So uh, thank you to Warner Brothers for letting us review it. Next week we are going to look at the movie The Invisible Man. Have you ever heard of this movie? <laughs> I've seen like the old Invisible Man. Is there a new one? This is the Am new I Invisible out of the loop? Man. I'm out of the loop. Yeah. I'm so out of the loop. It's a it's a universal movie called The Invisible Man, but it is not the old movie. It's the new one. It stars the uh, Elizabeth Moss from uh, Mad Men. I like her. Yeah. So uh, we'll look at that next week, The Invisible Man. Movie recommendations. I'm just going to go for these two. Suicide Squad, because screw you people who don't like it. <laughs> and uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, because uh, that's where Mary Elizabeth... Because screw you people who don't like it. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead came from that one and she's awesome in that one too also the vibe of scott pilgrim versus the world is very similar to the vibe of birds of prey it's kind of manic and there's a voiceover and there's you know graphics in fact this this movie birds of prey we didn't mention opens up with like an animated sequence remember no the whole beginning part where harley's talking over the top it's like animated really bright colors Oh, yes. Drawings of her. True, true. So, um, yeah, what are your recommendations? Uh, Mine are, this year, I am doing, for 2020, I am doing a 100 years back and 50 years back. So, from 1920, just because a lot of people may not know that cinema, making movies, has been around. Yeah, for more than 100 years, actually. And so, from 1920 is a movie called Outside the Law. I have not seen this movie. A. Scully loves it when I recommend movies I've never seen. But in this one, it is the guy who directed Dracula and Freaks. That would have mm-hmm. been from those early days. And it's got Lon Chaney in it. And it says he delivers a dual performance of dramatic intensity, starring as Ah Win, a kind-hearted student of Confucian philosophy, and of Mike Silva, a murderous rake in San Francisco. I don't know what a murderous rake is, but... It sounds pretty controversial. It looks real intense. So I might even seek that one out and watch it. It's not from 1920. I also like to remind people that when they say, like, oh, my God, this movie's so violent. And it's like, we, we, what have we become? We let people watch these violent movies. Go back to the beginning of cinema. And you will find... Or then go back to the first fictional stories ever written. And all the fictional stories that we've ever written and read and passed around as human beings, and you will find we did not invent violence as a means of catharsis in fictional stories. It's not a new thing. 21st century and 20th century, we didn't invent it. The other movie from 1970, which is 50 years ago, this will make a lot of people feel old, is Woodstock. That's a good movie. I've watched I mean, the whole it's thing. all right. It's documentary, really isn't it? Just like it's just the they just filmed the performances, basically. Yeah, but it's really yeah, it does have like it, it gets you in the whole thing. Like it shows yeah. people arriving, all that kind of stuff. It's really long as well, if I remember rightly. I think I watched the whole thing. I'm gonna put this out there. Probably find some haters. I think maybe Woodstock was a bit overrated. It was just such a big deal that was not like anything anything that had ever happened before. So it became like a cultural icon, but of what? <laughs> like, what did it do? I'm not opposed to it. I just don't understand. You know, nothing came of it except those performances. True. A couple of babies, I assume, were born there and conceived there, probably. Lots of drugs. Yeah, but I mean, other than just as a symbol of what? People going and listening to music and getting wasted? I mean, I don't understand the, it wasn't like in, uh, they weren't being divergent necessarily, you know, it wasn't like they're breaking all the laws. It was an organized festival by some people who want to make some money. I mean, that's really the bottom line. So I always find it hilarious that it's like this, you know, standout cultural reference, but there you go. Well done. Thank you. I'm going to get the hate. I'm going to get the hate. You are. So, um, games and A-Scully stuff, I've been playing Mafia 3. I told you, it's weird, right? Because sometimes I'll play a game, and I won't be fully into it. I might play it, for instance, this one. 
I'd played 25 hours of it and then give up on it. Maybe, and I know why. Another game came. 25 hours of your life. But another game came along, probably, like, and I didn't get back to Mafia 3. So I was looking down my Steam list. They've added this new feature to Steam this week, which is uh, it recommends from your game library that you, the game that you should play next. And Mafia 3 was on my list. I was like, oh, wow, I never really got into that fully. So I'll go back to it. One of the hard things about going back to a game probably two years has passed, is, one, you forgot all the controls, because <laughs> controls differ f- for every game. Sure. Two, you forgot the story. Like, I don't even really know <clears throat> who the main guy is. Like, I, I'm looking at him, I'm like, I played so many games between that game and this game. This guy could be anybody. I don't know his backstory. So I had to go and look at the Wikipedia to get me up to speed of what had happened. A lot had happened. And then I started playing it again. After I'd learned the controls for a bit, I uh, started enjoying it. It's Mafia 3 it takes place in like the late 60s. Vietnam War had just finished. And it's very racial. And it might upset some people because there's liberal use of the N-word. There's okay. liberal racism in the game. But it's not like it's a a game for racists. You get what I'm saying? It's a showing you the times. like Okay. For instance... I'm sure that's open to interpretation. For instance, I went into a bar. Your main, the, the protagonist is a black guy. He went into... And he was a GI, and he's got back from Vietnam, and he's getting into this crime business. And he walks into a bar, and the people in the bar, there's a sign on the window that says no. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So it's it's for, it's accurate to stuff that happened in the time like that. And it's not being racist for you to be racist, if you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying, but I, like I said, I'm because sure it's open to interpretation. Black, <laughs> yeah, you're playing the black protagonist. Right. And most of the actual central characters are African-American, but then you can say, well, they're all criminals also. So, I don't know. It's like, it's, but it's kind of elegantly done, like some movies are, you know? It's not trying to be, like, shocking it's okay. just trying to be like, this is the time. The music is all right. It's got really good music, actually. It's all correct. It's like the music of the day. You know, all the Vietnam-type songs that you hear in those war movies are in there. And there's a lot of, like, you know, Son of a Preacher You're not really man. selling it. It sounds a little bit, mm, like, I don't know, expected? Well, Everything's expected? Well, it's very different. If you played, like, Mafia 1 and Mafia 2, they are the very... Um, generic um, it's like the Godfather you know the rise of the the family and but then this one's a complete it's not connected to them apart from one character who you played in the character you played in Mafia 2 is actually in Mafia 3 but he's inconsequential really it's just kind of a tip of the hat oh there's this is more about this black upcoming it's not they're not even though it's called Mafia I wouldn't call them the Mafia but they're criminals, you know. It's, but it's because of the time period, which I've never played a game in that time period. And the music is really cool, and I like the way the cars look, and the, I'm really getting into it. It's kind of cool. So, Mafia 3. I bet it costs very little money now, because it's two, three-year-old game, maybe. But you can pick it up for $10, the whole thing. So, that's what I've been playing. I also wanted to point out that if you are a fan of The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, uh, they've just put out a documentary, which is in eight parts, on Disney+, Plus, called... I'll have to look up what it's called, because it's, it's called Disney Gallery The Mandalorian. And each episode is the behind-the-scenes for all the eight episodes of The Mandalorian. So if you wanted to see how it was made and want to see Johnny Favreau, Johnny Fav, as people like to call him, talk about it... Um, you will. Let's just call him John Favreau. <laughs> so, and it it's like a round table. The kind of, you don't like these round table things, but no. I, I'm always fascinated by them, and especially Star Wars. So, it's called Disney Gallery: The Mandalorian, and it's on Disney Plus. If you if you look up The Mandalorian on there, it's it's actually an extra for it. So, uh, I just wanted to mention that because it's really cool. So, what's for dinner, said Tart, before we leave? What do you want? I want an impossible burger. There you go. Uh, impossible Ask burger meat. Shall we see? 
Impossible Burgamy is now in the stores. I haven't found it yet, but they say it is. You've even emailed them and they've said that it is. Yes. So I will look again next time. I've looked twice and haven't found it. No. So if, you, if you're interested in Impossible Burgamy, which is plant meat. Plant-based. You can finally buy it in stores. <laughs> plant just, meat. I love it. Yeah, you can buy it fast food through uh, Burger King, but now you can actually Why do we it. tell you what we're eating? Because we're vegetarian. We've been vegetarian since 2009, and people think that means you have a whole bunch of boxes that you took on this little list, and you say, I'm vegetarian. They're like, oh. They sort of dismiss you, because that's a box that they tick for me that says they're an idiot. So there you go. We're all the same. We all are very judgy about each other, but we do like the junk food. We eat, last night we had fantastic salad. Impossible I, I burger say, and fantastic salad. I must say that I made the fantastic salad last night. That was amazing. Um, but we also like the junk food, the Taco Bell, the Burger King. What else? Chipotle. Anything that's got tofu or vegetables, I'm in. So that's why we're telling you what we eat, just so you know. You going to ask me what I got to say? What's my advice? I'm not going to ask you. I'll just let you say My it. advice is, and it's I've said it before, so this isn't new. But I'm 52 and a half years old, just so you know. So I'm putting that out there. I am not your standard samey same person. I'm guessing that a lot of people have met. There's a lot of me's around. I'm not saying I'm unique in any way, but I... I'm, there's, you are unique. There's less of me <laughs> than there are what appears to me to be other kinds of people. And I've struggled my whole life with when I was younger, trying to figure out why I wasn't like everybody, why I don't give a shit about politics and I don't have any religion and I don't have any beliefs in anything and I never have and I don't get it. I've never craved it or le- looked for it. I look at it a completely different way. You know, I see humanity and the world and what we, what I absor- absorbed about what we know about nature and the universe and I kind of see things differently. I also have an artsy-fartsy side, so... People would go, oh, that explains it. She's an artist. But I don't think that's it, because I also like technical stuff and very, very structured things. I like chaos, and I like structure. My brain just isn't, doesn't seem to me to be like other people's that I'm, I've lived around most of my life. But what the world tries to do, and what people try to do, because they fear change, and they fear difference, and they fear being different from what they've been told they're supposed to be like a fictional version of what people are supposed to be. They then try to push that onto you. And so when you say to someone, this is a good example, oh, you know, you're at snack day at work before pandemic days when we used to have snack day at work or people at work. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Back in the olden days, we had days when people actually stand over a table of food together and all reach and dip and eat and talk. And it was crazy. It's crazy old, olden times. But, um, Someone says, oh, try this dip. And I'm like, oh, that has bacon in it, so no thank you. Or I'll just, no, I don't even start with the meat situation. I say, oh, no thanks, I'm good. Oh, it's really good here. They'll even dip it up for you. And like, actually, I, I'm vegetarian, so I don't really, and they just look at you like, oh. Oh, well, hmm. And you get a variety of reactions, but they all fit in certain categories. And they're all judgy, or they're like, because I've just told you, that I'm vegetarian, I'm now attacking you for eating a dead animal. I'm not. I've eaten a lot of dead animals. I couldn't give a shit what you do, right? Just don't, (laughs) don't like abuse an animal in front of me. I don't like animals. I'm not a cat person, not a dog person, not a pet person. I don't ooh and all over kittens and dogs and all that shit. And if a dog wants to make friends with me, I'm like, hold on a second. (laughs) We gotta get something straight here. I'm not going to pet you and coo over you and you smell bad, but you can hang out with me if you want. Like, that's how I approach the animal situation. But if you want to be mean to an animal, then I'll step in and be like, why are you being such a dickhead, right? But I get the judginess from people or the fear or something about it. So that, to some personalities, not to mine now at this stage of my life, that kind of starts to crush you in to a little box that they want you to be in. Because if you're not in that little box, it freaks them out because it challenges their little box, right? All the little boxes that they're ticking off that they're trying really hard to, if we want to refer to this movie, keep the mask on, right? So a person might have considered being vegetarian in their life, but they got so much shit for it, they just kept on eating the dead animals. Also fine. But at some point, they let the world decide for them. 
oh, I shouldn't be that person because I might get made fun of. I might get looked at funny. I would have to explain myself. I would have to change my life in some way, shape, or form. (gasps) I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay in my box. And every time someone comes along who has anything different than my box, I'm going to look at them funny. I'm going to talk to them funny. I'm going to reject them or make fun of them or make them feel as though I am right because I'm in my box and you are wrong because you are not. You know, fuck them because they don't live your life. Nobody lives your life but you. And I would just say, don't let people design a fictional version of who you're supposed to be because when you die, shocking, we're all going to die at some point in our, in our throughout the course of existing, we'll be done, right? Uh, they'll just keep on going. they're not going to give a shit anymore that you complied with all of their little stupid rules and all the little tick boxes that they expected you to fit into just so it didn't make them feel a little bit uncomfortable whenever someone brought up your name. Now, I know that my mother has been told by people in our small town, you know, I haven't lived there for a very long time. It's like, you need to tell Sid to rein it in. You need to tell her to keep her opinions to herself because I'll say whatever, right? Because I don't get, I don't care. You're not living my life. You're not married to my husband. You don't pay my mortgage. You don't, you just aren't in my life. So I'm going to say whatever I want. And then you just move on with your life. And my mom, being who she is, and probably a testament to who I am, was like, uh, I think Sid should just be whoever she wants to be. Uh, She's perfect the way she is. She's not perfect. (laughs) But she's perfect the way she is. So if you have something to say. Thanks. If you have something to say to her, then don't be a chicken shit and tell me, right? Because that's what they're doing, essentially. They're too afraid to say to me on Facebook or in person, like, oh, what was that thing you posted? I didn't like it. Maybe we should discuss it. No, no, no. They go to my mother. (laughs) And like I said, I'm 52 and a half. My mother's 78. And tried to like narc on me, I guess, and get my mother to rein me in, it's not going to work, everybody. Like but I you're just, a child. Yeah, like I'm the little child who's throwing a fit in school and that disturbing everyone or whatever. But I just think that if you'd really take a look at your whole of your life, and I'm not telling you to be dangerous, put yourself or others in harm's way or cause destruction in any way, that's a different situation. I'm talking about all the little bits and pieces that make us who we are, how we dress, how we behave, how we set up our desk, what shoes we wear. I'm wearing a shirt now that I wear backwards because I like it better backwards. Do I care if anyone goes, oh, your shirt's backwards? No, because I've tried it both ways. (laughs) The designer made it the way it is. A designer, I'm sure it's just some factory somewhere in the world, but, um, you know, churning out very cheap t-shirts, I might add. Um, they don't care either how I wear it. So it's little things like that, or like me wearing my crazy shoes that my husband has purchased for me over the years, all different crazy colors and designs. My green car that I have people still commenting after 10 years, like just random. And I'm going to put it out there. It's mostly middle-aged to over-aging men who say, hmm, you like that color? (laughs) Just like that. Just a stranger walking down the street. Like, they think that that's not insulting. Yeah, they see me... No, they know it's insulting. That's the point. But they're saying it in a masquerade way, aren't they? They're saying... Oh, yeah, a little snotty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I'm like, well, did you make the payments? Fuck off. (laughs) You didn't buy my car. I don't give a shit what you think about the color of my car. If it disturbs you so much that you waited around an extra 30 seconds in the parking lot to see who's coming toward this car so you can make a comment... Your life might need to be reassessed. <laughs> That's me being judgmental. I mean, as well. it's just a lime green car. It is a lime green car. It's a little Ford Fiesta. I hang on to my cars till they fall apart. So I will be doing the same with this one. It's in great shape, by the way. So my advice is kind of jumbled up there. But like, if you can find a way without being in harm's way to be who you are, without, you know, losing your way of life and your way you make a living or all that, you have to balance it out. You have to do a little thinking, right? To squeeze in your little bits of independence from the the fictional version that the people around you want to mold you into. I say do it because you're only going to get one chance. And there's going to come a time when 
you're done. And then they, like I said, those people, they just keep on going. And it won't matter anymore. All right. So that's not advice. That's just me getting on my high horse. All right. So uh, acecoolie.com is the place to go. No, I don't like horses, but I wouldn't eat one. (laughs) The place to go after, before I was rudely interrupted. (laughs) I wasn't done. I'm done now. All right. So uh, acecoolie.com is the place to go for everything about this podcast. We're on all the uh, major things. I actually made it a point this week to go and put us on all of everything. All of everything. Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, RSS, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Things that haven't been invented yet. We're on there too. (laughs) We're also email feedback to me at aschoolatacheschoolat.com. Don't email SidTalk. um, I mean, you can if you want to have a discussion. Yeah. I'm in. Stay classy, uh, DC. Uh, keep making movies like more like this one. I like it. Uh, I do too. I, did, I really enjoyed it. And um, also, rest in peace, Fred Willard. Aww. From uh, from Roxanne. From a bunch of stuff, but yeah, you know, you'll you'll know who he is. Have a look him up. Fred he was Willard. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, goodbye. And I'm gonna say, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you.